Hey guys, Pooch here from the After Work Drinks podcast with a quick disclaimer before we get started. We had a ton of good content this time around. We did about an hour and a half each with our guest sit-in, Tony Martino, and our featured interview with Grant and Brett of Imperial Oak Brewing. Over three hours of total content. That's, that's a lot. But these people took the time out of their busy schedules to share their stories with us, and it would go against what this podcast is all about if we didn't share it all with our listeners in full. So rather than heavily edit down what they had to say, we decided to release this episode in two parts. We figured that would make it a little bit more palatable and easier to digest as you listen during your commute, at work, the gym, or even at home in the comfort of your favorite chair hopefully with a beverage in hand. So without further ado, let's get things started with episode 2A. And when you're done listening to this, don't forget to go back to your podcast directory of choice to stream or download episode 2B as well. We appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. Now let's grab a fork and knife and dig in. When the suckers works out, man, it's time to drink. You know all I need is some afterward drinks. Welcome to the After Work Drinks Podcast. Here are your hosts. Welcome into episode two of the After Work Drinks Podcast. We made it to the second one. If we get one more under our belts, that's a streak. So, so far, so good. Good start to the podcast. Of course, uh, I am Pooch, and uh, you just heard Danielle introduce us. So, like, Austin Powers. Allow myself to introduce myself. Yes, I'm here too. (laughs) And uh, man, uh, we have to thank Kip Russell. We had him as our guest on episode one. And we failed to mention, we talked about his latest album. We didn't really like mention, in case you guys didn't know, that intro song that brings us in and, and brings us out at the beginning and end of every podcast. That's him. That is a song that is like a decade old, uh, 12 years old, actually, I think, from like 2006, uh, After Work Drinks. So, of course, if your podcast named that, you have to have a song that, that is of the same name. So thank you to Kip Russell. You can find him on all of the social media pages out there. His his handle is at kid. Russell, K-I-D-D, Russell. If you don't know how to spell Russell, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Uh, we posted our, our first episode with the hashtag podcast baby. It was our very first podcast. We pushed out a baby boy. So is episode two a girl? You want balance, right? You want to put a pink ribbon on it? Is, are we cool with that? This... I don't know, we have to get gen- so gender specific? I don't you know. I've, I've always said I want two kids, so I want two podcast babies. I want a boy and a girl. So episode one, it was a boy. This one's a girl. Uh, this one is a girl. So, yes. All right. Uh, Danielle, tell people where they can find us. All right. Well, if you're listening, that's a uh, first step right here. So thanks for listening. You found uh, us. You're don't, good. Don't forget, you can always follow us at Facebook at AWD Podcast. Same as Instagram, AWD Podcast as well. Twitter, we're at AWD Pod. Um, and don't forget about Snapchat. If you want to catch us in the reel, we are at After Work Drinks, all one word. Um, and don't forget to listen to us across all platforms. We're at SoundCloud.com slash AWD Podcast or the mobile app. Um, you can catch us through iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spreaker. Um, don't forget to give us a listen. You've clearly found at least one of those if you're listening to this right now. So good job. Uh, if your friends, you know, are like Android and your Apple, whatever, you know, spread the word. We've got something for everyone. You can find us 
somewhere that will suit your needs or your preferences. And uh, we thank you for tuning in. Uh, Coming up on the show today, here's to you featuring my two-part interview with Grant and Brett of Imperial Oak Brewing in Willow Springs, Illinois. We've got Pints Up, Pints Down, where we will keep the spotlight on Imperial Oak as we sample and review three of their offerings. We've got Prediction Pain, an IPA. We've got Utterly Black Milk Stout, and those two are pretty much staples. More times than not, that's on their chalkboard. That's there almost all the time, 90% of the time. But we also have a recent release that is a variant off of their Kaiser Kolsch. This one is the Kaiser's Cucumber and Watermelon Kolsch. It's a very refreshing option as summer winds down here. Uh, we're in the dog days, and I had it for the first time. It was awesome. We're going to talk about it later. And <laughs> Pooch is also going to give you a really quick review on the new album from one of his favorite bands, Blue October. Um, their new CD, I Hope You're Happy, is available online and in stores now. Uh, can't wait to hear about it. I know uh, their show was a good time, so looking forward to it. Yes, you did uh, You did see them at the House of Blues with me, so hopefully we can like convert you. I'll, uh, I'll slide you a copy of the CD and see how you <laughs> like it, too. Um, but yeah, that's going to be fun. I'll try to keep it short. They're my favorite, but you know, I'll keep it short for you guys, okay? And uh, from there, we're going to have some discussion during our 99 Bottles segment, where last time we had a few laughs about public bathroom behavior. Hey, Smokey back here taking a shit! Evil! But this time, I'm going to keep it clean. We're going to get a little bit tidied up for this week, and we're going to do the topic of guilty pleasures. And, of course, we always kick things off with our industry news and events in our What's Hoppin' segment. But first, before we can do any of those things, I think we have someone that's looking to join us. It appears we have a guest. Somebody get that! Who is it? A guy walks into a bar. Into a, a guy walks into a bar. A guy walks into a bar. A guy walks into a bar. Let's welcome into the studio and welcome onto the show a true renaissance man that does it all. Literally everything. He has, yeah. he has and continues to slap the bass in numerous bands. I slap a top he sings backup vocals in damn near all of them. He does lights, he does sound, he does video, he judges singing competitions, he does graphic design, he made our incredibly sexy logo, and we love him for that. He even finds time in his life, much like us, to co-host a podcast. And all while being a great father, and, and mind you, he may one day run for political office, damn it. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. That man, that man that apparently never sleeps, please say hello to an old friend hailing from the south side of Chicago, Mr. Tony Martino. Hello. Welcome, welcome. I didn't realize how much stuff I actually do until you just said it like that. Hell do you? Yeah. Do you sleep? Kind of- I sleep a little bit. I feel like we both got the the bags because yeah. we come from the same place. We like the whole entertainment, the media, yeah, and you I know, am, I'm I'm constantly working, and the allergies don't help too. I hate this time oh. of year. It's just like nasty. As a child, it was all summer. Now, as as an adult, it is late August into September. I'm just waiting for the first frost. It I've sucks. been I've been dying the past like week. <laughs> I hate it. I absolutely hate it. So sans allergies, I mean, we ran through that list and you're like, holy shit, like, that's a lot. I mean, how does that make you feel? I mean, in terms of accomplishments, what you're doing, where you're going. Ah, I mean, it's, it's everything that he listed are things that I truly love to do. So I'm pretty lucky, I think, to 
be able to play music for a living and do things that I enjoy doing. Nice. It's weird. Yeah, I, I mean, I I was and on top of you know raising a child and doing all that. Mm-hmm. And, wow, that was like when I listen to this, it's gonna be like wow. We're dude. here for you. We're yeah. here for you. <laughs> hey, you know what? Anytime <laughs> you make we're experiencing a- <laughs> this with you. I got you. <laughs> Anytime you make an appearance, if you want me to like come up and intro you that way, I mean. I'll do it for free. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fun. All right, but uh, let's go over all the bands that you have been in. Um, yeah. I mean, like, uh, you'll have to tell me what age this was because I don't quite recall, but you were doing some touring guitar with Local H, which, like, yeah. if you're from Chicago, if you're from Illinois, if you're from the Midwest, uh, and maybe if you're really cool, if you're, like, national, you might know who they are. They're crushing it still nationally. So mm-hmm. Yeah. They, I mean, and they, over in Europe. They've been in Europe a couple times this they, year. They toured with Metallica, what, last year, two years yeah. ago? So, yeah. I mean, uh, how did that happen? How old were you, and how is it that, like, hey, play guitar uh, uh, on our, our tour? It actually, uh, through Nick Blazina, actually, because he was recording at Million Yen with, uh, with Triptych at the time, and uh, Andy Gerber the guy who owns that studio said that local age was looking for a guitar tech and you know nick threw my name in the hat and i was lucky enough to get that and so then i went out with them as a guitar tech for about a year and then uh stayed home to work as my work on my own band and do all that and tried going to school and doing that and then i got a call from scott from local age saying we need a touring guitar player so then i uh i left school and i went back on the road that's all where, yeah. where were you going to school uh I took classes at Moraine locally on the south side, but at that mm-hmm. time I was up in uh, DeKalb. Okay, nice. Yeah. So uh, you know, you're breaking into your your music uh, industry, breaking into your music chops with mm-hmm. local age, like yeah, pretty freaking good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I have a friend that loves local age. Yeah. Even just talking about like the recording today, he was like, "Okay, well, tell me about it. Like where?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I literally only knew about local age from him." So he was like. Hey, like, how about it? You a know, lot of my friends only knew about Local H because of me. Because good mm-hmm. in high school, I was they were my favorite band. I mean, I, yeah. they, I to to this day, they're my. If I had to pick yeah. one all time favorite band, it'd be Local H, and I was lucky enough to play with them. Yeah, I mean, like, how like the longevity? They're like over twenty years. Like, when did they start? They started as a band in '88, but they're yeah they uh so their first record 30, came out so, in '95. Okay, so yeah, yeah, so like together. 30 years first album you're at like around 25, 25 yeah. yeah insane that's yeah. awesome so quite a notch on the belt for a first first gig you got oh yeah there. oh it was yeah it was uh got to do all the arenas and you know that kind of fun stuff mm-hmm. and you mentioned triptych uh, and that's yeah. how you got in a local age uh, obviously another one of your bands uh nick blazina who is the the front man and uh yep uh also a friend of mine a friend of the show and i'm sure we'll have him on soon now, how did that happen? You were with Local H, and then uh, basically off mic before we started recording this, you told me, like, let's retell that story. Yeah. Uh, he just hit you up as a guitar player, a touring guitar player for Local H, yeah. and he wanted you to play bass. How does that happen? Uh, me and Nick had always, even you know, years prior, we had always just gotten together, played acoustic guitar, just kind of done stuff. I've always supported his bands, you know, uh, Varuna, if you remember Varuna yes. from back in the day. Yeah. Um, so we were just always buddies and we would always be the guys that would record songs on our own at home and post them and all that. And he just asked me, he's like, I'm looking for bass players. I can't find a bass player. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll, I don't know. I don't play bass, but I can find out. He's like, well, how would you feel about moving to bass? And I was like, uh, we can give it a shot. And then two weeks later I was in the studio. (laughs) Let's listen to a little bit of what became from that. Let's, uh, let's fade up some, some sexy music right here.
pretty awesome like would you say this was your first real band that you were in or yes like that? yeah because I, I mean we all were in little local bands on the south side of chicago that pretty much just stayed on the south side of chicago playing in mom's garage eating hot pockets yeah. our biggest show was the oakland ice arena yes, type exactly shit. Yeah, yeah exactly okay. exactly nothing wrong with that everyone's gotta start somewhere yeah, right yeah right but this so, was the first one like we were in a real studio and planned on doing real tours and you know that kind of stuff and how old was everybody we were talking about this I was, that was 03, I was 22, and Nick was, I think we, me, Mark, and Jeff were all 22, 23, and Nick was, I think, 18. Yeah, like, he was the, he was the young buck, and, like, I mean, listen to the, listen to the lyrics in this, and, like, 18, like, I feel like some of the lyrics in this stuff, it still holds water. He was yeah. a very mature writing 18-year-old. He's always been that way. Let's uh, let's check out let's check out the the title track from the, the one album you guys released. Here's Next Thing You Know. Let's hear a little blurb from that. So take the That's just like awesome. He's 18 and he's singing about like when you're 40 and wishing you were young again. Like that's like yeah. that's some forethought right there. Nick's a smart dude. He's always been a very very intelligent dude. Yeah. Very and deep. uh I mean from there you guys ended up uh doing State and Madison, which if you're going to be a band from Chicago, that's a pretty fucking awesome name. Just uh, just saying. Yeah, it was a great name. I, I don't know like I don't know whose idea if it was a, uh, you know, Mark had brought it up and because somebody or somebody had mentioned it to Nick and I loved it. I was like, this is perfect because we're starting from scratch. So zero, 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 zero. And then Mark made like a really cool logo for it. And then we were like, yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's the band. Um, he did some awesome art for uh, for the albums back then when you were yeah. in the group. And um, not that he doesn't now. I'm sure he, um, yeah. he still does now. But yeah, yeah. Uh, just speaking from your experience, like that was awesome. It was pretty much uh, the same lineup as Triptych, but with a new drummer. Yeah. And a, a little bit of a, a different vision, a different style. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got it. I've got it playing out underneath us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the song's called On My Way. It's very sexy. Yeah.
But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty cool because this, I mean, I struggled with uh, picking which song from the numerous albums of State and Madison to, to play because I mean, can't sit here and play music all day. But yeah, uh, I picked this one because I distinctly remember in the live show, I like the songs that you do your like little bass player, like hip sway and you like tap yeah. your, your heel aggressively. Yeah. And yeah. That, that opening riff to On My Way, that's totally one where you were like, yeah, you're, that getting, was, you're getting down. It was, I mean, <laughs> when, when that was written, uh, it was just thinking Michael Jackson, and it was like you know, and we on that album. If you look at even even the State of Madison albums that are still coming out, they're all completely really different from from one another. Right. So like, if I had to pick like a song or two to play on this podcast to to exemplify, I can't. I, I can only say like, yeah. go to all the music services, go to iTunes, go yeah. to Spotify, go to SoundCloud, and just like listen to the vast catalog that's been going on for a, a bajillion years now. Yeah. Because uh, unfortunately, uh, those were younger days. But yeah. yeah, like it's it's insane the the variety, and that's something I love. Like is when a band can be versatile, and it's like, well, what kind of music are you? And you can maybe in a very generic sense say like rock yeah but it's so many different like subgenres and styles and mm -hmm. things like uh there's a song a waltz that's just like jesus christ yeah it's like accordion sounding waltz stuff going out waltz. for real right it's now yeah literally and then it goes into a song that sounds like muse so it's like talk about well-rounded talent being able to at least like yeah swing between like one to the next and make sure that you're still like we had a lot you, of we had you know? a, and we had a lot of fun with that because we were supposed to go into like a major studio to record that and we literally had a month where it's like, okay, well, we have a record release show that we're already promoting. We don't even have a record. So Nick did all the recording of that. Like I recorded my bass in the basement of the Dude Ranch, like running direct, and he was on his on his laptop. Like that was fully done by us last minute. For and like, anybody woo, that doesn't know, woo. which would probably be everybody that's not our yeah. friends, uh, the Dude Ranch was a really cool place where most of the members of the uh, the band lived. Yeah. And uh, it was in Bridgeport. Oh, it was and great. It was amazing. And there was <laughs> Love that many good uh, good parties and casual gatherings for, there. For those of you that can't see Tony's eyes, they literally just lit I up. miss the Dude Ranch. <laughs> oh, I God, miss the Dude that Ranch. Was, that was such a good time. Like, I, honestly, like, I, I can say like I, I don't want to say I got glassy eyed or misty. Maybe I came close, but I definitely had like the hair standing up on my arms like goose pimples. Listening to the Triptych album, listening to some State and Madison stuff, deciding yeah. what snippets I was going to play on this episode of the podcast. Yeah. Because like those were the days, man. Like you guys were doing your thing. Like I was doing college radio, which is how I met you guys, and like. Yeah. Those were the golden years. Not to say that I'm not doing cool stuff now. <laughs> These are the platinum years now. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah there you go. Yeah. Good, good save. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. not on the downswing. I've gone platinum <laughs> yeah. seven times. Yeah. <laughs> Selling rhymes. Uh, and so here's something uh, that you don't always see. Um, and I, I feel like I, there may have been like posts on social media where I feel like I, I've seen you address this and you could speak to this yeah. is usually people when they're starting out like learning an instrument now I'm good at it now it's like alright what am I going to do I'm going to get some of my guys and we're going to be in a cover band yeah. and then from a cover band you aspire to write original material yeah. you kind of went the reverse route so yeah. after State and Madison uh, you departed and you went to Hairbangers Ball which yeah. has been well established for god I don't even know how many years you'd have to tell me yeah. uh, with various lineups uh, 2001 people coming in and out. that yeah. band started Ooh. 2001 yeah. yeah so in and out and and that was like you know everybody knew who Hairbangers Ball was no matter yeah. when the lineup mm -hmm. changed like you'd go to like your 
local awesome bar or fast street fest all summer yeah. long and you you would hear that yeah. and then uh you stepped away from that and you started the hairband night yeah and that has an awesome logo that's a play on the nwo it from is. wrestling which it i'm is. a wrestling nerd i knew you would I appreciate it yeah. and we're gonna talk about guilty pleasures later and guess what one of them is it's wrestling <laughs> so that's awesome so currently you're in the hairband night and yeah. uh i can't you know fade up a, an old Bon Jovi song or I'll get sued. Right, exactly. So, but yeah. you, know, you guys know Living on a Prayer and all yeah, that shit. That's what that's metal. what you do now. Yeah. Um, what a good then, time, for And then sure. you've, you've been doing, like, on top of that, like, that for some people might be enough. Like, I can play in this, like, elite cover band. Yeah. We play all over, and uh, that's, like, how I make a good chunk of my living. But you, being ambitious, and as we said, not sleeping, yeah. uh, you also participate in a band called Smells Like Nirvana. Yeah. And I figure have both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Like Nirvana and the band that Nirvana, the bands that Nirvana killed. Yeah. So I'm it's essentially like here's like this this hair metal. Yeah. And then here's Nirvana just like blowing up the nineties. And, and yeah. yeah, I mean, I I love it. And uh you did a show with them in Alaska. We've a couple, been to, right? Yeah, we've been to Alaska twice now. So we've done four four shows in Alaska. I shouldn't make this joke. It's a kind of a distasteful joke. Do it. But <laughs> I was like, too late. You're not going back now. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't go back now that I, that I prefaced it. Um, so, you know, obviously everybody knows what happened with good old Kurt Cobain. Yes. And maybe it's changed, but many years ago I read that uh, Alaska is the suicide capital of the world. It, An Anchorage, we're one of the places that we play, yeah. And I, I assume capital. it has to do with, like, honestly, like, it sounds silly, but vitamin D, like sunshine, yeah. it can really improve your mood. And Alaska doesn't have a lot of sunshine. Anybody that, the, the first time that we were up there, it was when it was light pretty much all the time. And then the second time was when it was more like it is here in Chicago. But it's the, the first time we were there, it was the murder capital of the world and the suicide capital of the world. And it's, it's, it's not a huge city, you know? It's, it's a really gorgeous layout and everything, but... Everybody has said it's because it gets you get you have six months of darkness, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that's why. That's that's rough. <laughs> yeah, that's why the little alcoholism and all that stuff is 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 wild up there. Hey, but if music is an outlet that people are yeah. looking for, and that's something that like you guys literally can yeah. deliver. Yeah. I mean, talk about like think of the impact of like, four shows. Yeah. Right. So for for some people, they might be like, oh, like it's only four, but like to them, it was they thought we were Nirvana. Like it was literally we had. The rock star treatment, like getting chased mm -hmm. out of the venue, like Beatles style, like it was crazy. <laughs> and did I did I see correctly? Also here back home in Chicago, uh, House of Blues is that that sold out? Yeah, did, we My did a House goodness. of Blues show uh, in February, and we found out like three weeks prior, and we're like, all right, whatever. and sold it out in three. And weeks. We sold it out, yeah. And that's we're, that's awesome. I don't know when this airs, but we're. Like, I'll be there again in, like, two weeks. I'm going to, you know, basically go into my Anchorage, Alaska, no-light cave and edit this yeah. nonstop yeah. for the next couple of days. But uh, September hey, we'll, 7th, we're at House of Blues. All right. We'll get some plugs out there, guys. Yeah. HOB, September 7th. Yeah. And now I, I have to put you on the spot. Sure. I, I haven't seen a post in a while. Yeah. But you had been sporadically teasing uh, a possible other cover band on social media. You... You for, oh yeah for seeming like it seemed yeah. like months you would post yeah. a pic here or there of a, you know a signature guitar of a favorite frontman of mine or a, f a meme with lyrics of a yeah so is this thing happening is it possible <laughs> can we get a big exclusive reveal here on the After Work Drinks podcast or is or is this not going to happen just because it's you I mean okay so um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure he's, out how to explain this. in mind. our in our company uh, there's the hairband night then we have the boy band night, we have the country night, the Ron Burgundies, which are Yacht Rock, and we have uh, 
who the hell else? Uh, a Motown Nation. So we have all these, this collective of musicians that were all really tight. And uh, during a party once, our annual holiday party, you know, we're up at 3 a.m. like partying and jamming music real loud. No, and, you're not. Yeah, no, no, musicians don't do that. Don't do okay, that fine. So uh, me and a couple of the guys from boy band night were like just talking about our love for a band called Jimmy Eat World. And it was like, didn't see that one coming. Yeah, it was like, hey, so what? Why don't we do this? And it was kind of like just you know talk, blah blah blah, jabber jabber. Yeah. But then uh, Matt from the boy band night um, about two months ago was like, dude, I got the name. Let's do this and let's just start getting everything together. So we have the band. We know who's going to be playing in it. Now it's just a matter of. We need to get everyone together for one rehearsal. Rehearse, get and it, re- yeah, rehearse it, get and it just play it out. So, um, I don't know when it's going to be. Hopefully, sometime this fall. But it's definitely on. It's definitely on. Okay, and here it is, can exclusively we re- on AWD. Yeah. Can, can we reveal the name, or is that got to wait for a big reveal? No, I know it you- doesn't. I don't. I don't give a shit. Everybody is. They make their living playing music, so it's like, this is something that we're not doing. Like going in like, oh well, we need to make sure that we're making this much money. Like we're no, doing yeah. this solely just because just the passion we want to do it. Yeah, yeah. it's Good. called Bleed American. So yes, it's all right. The, the, love it. The record. Yeah, love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I love that you chose a name for an album that unfortunately came out at a, a time where <laughs> some stuff happened and they had to like censor the name yeah. for a bit. And, Salt, yeah. sweat, sugar. Yeah. 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 So that that's fantastic, and you, so you're thinking fall, hopefully. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I love it. That's yeah. what I want. So this is coming out in the dog days of August, and then and then some people may not hear this till September, and that's getting pretty close to fall. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm digging yeah. this. Like, yeah, I I'm I love that. Anytime I made any sort of post, you'd be like. Dude, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, about. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want you to get pissed at me. And like, I didn't want to say it. But I saw the guitar. I picked up on all the clues. And where like other people were just kind of generically like, I support yeah. Tony and everything he does. I'm sitting there like, I support Tony. I know exactly what the yeah. fuck he's talking about. And I'm going to be there on show number yeah. one. Because Man. that is one of my top five bands. Oh, like, it's it's, yeah. it's going to be we're a lot of fun. We're for sure stacking up the fall already. I mean, yeah. what else is on your uh, list to do this year? Uh, we got House of Blues coming up. House we got the Blues. new group coming in play. Uh, there's still a bunch of hairband night shows there's some travel dates with smells like nirvana um i'm helping my girlfriend sarah with her band sugar riot we actually debuted that last week at bourbon nice um there's a lot going on musically like luckily music is kind of taking over almost Mm -hmm. everything else you know this summer i think i did 50 shows over the summer so it was like it nice. was it was nice. Yeah. Nice. It's cool. I like it. Now let's oh sorry, go ahead. No, I'm I was stepping just gonna on say you. hey for those of you that haven't checked out Hairband Night. Um we went not too long ago. It was a really good time. Joe's just make live. sure you yeah. get on out Rose there, Mons. check out the guys. Yeah. Um talk about a fun show, a lot of energy, brings out a good crowd. Yeah. Um so September check it September twenty second at Bourbon Street, actually we will be. Nice. All right, there All we right. go. There you go. Yep. And uh I, I We'll throw this out there. At some point, we had to throw this out there. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, if you don't mind me addressing it, we sure. we are an alcohol podcast, after work drinks. Yeah. And so I've noticed, like at that very show that we mentioned at Joe's Live, that you yeah. you toasted with a water bottle. It gets, yeah. it gets hot in there. I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't compute. I just figured, yeah. hey, this guy. I've been watching him toast beers and shots with all these like yeah. hair metal <laughs> bands he's been in yeah. and everything. Like, so yeah, he's just he he needs a little hydration. That's cool. He probably had twenty beers earlier in the night. He's got yeah, he's got to yeah. balance it with some Calm water. Down. Uh, so you revealed to me the other day that you actually have not had a drink for a year. Yeah, I just uh, I I'm, I'm I'm getting a little older. I guess was part of the thing, and like physically, I wasn't feeling as good as I wanted to. So I just started eliminating things, and one of the things was alcohol because I was 
there's a lot of alcohol in the entertainment industry. And, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. so I was like, you know, I'll just stop for a week, kind of do a cleanse. <clears throat> and then I noticed, I'm like, whoa, well, this is like, I can wake up in the morning and I'm really productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to ride this out. And everyone's like, so are you done for good? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm just yeah. kind of, I feel good now. I don't, I'm just going to keep kind of riding with it, you know? I don't think anyone should say anything negative about yeah. that. I kind of like, uh, sort of happenstance like I just I, I don't know like for a while I was just like really busy so there wasn't like a lot of opportunities to where people like socially were like hey let's go grab a drink yeah and then I just kind of like realized like I hadn't had a drink in like a month <clears throat> and then I wasn't like really missing it and I think I, I may have gone like four to six months where I like did not have liquor I did yeah. not have beer yeah. and like you do notice the difference I mean like if you go from like I'm partying every weekend to like mm-hmm. dry like yeah. you just feel more energetic uh, I cut a lot of weight like yeah. it, it's amazing so I, I I don't know Tony your skin looks pretty good so whatever, uh, <laughs> whatever that regimen is I might have to switch it up over yeah there. I mean it's yeah. just it just kind of happened and I, I I feel better and uh the biggest thing of course it's tempting every once in a while like oh my god use a shot that show was really fun you know but then I think about a hangover and I'm like I don't want a hangover yeah <laughs> and like now with my kid and- be my kids my kid's older now he's got more hockey baseball all that stuff I don't want to be like showing up to that stuff like Mm-hmm. I mean, eyeliners. Uh, eyeliners, one thing, but <laughs> didn't take off my eyeliner from last night's oh, I've, show. I've, he's he's used to it by now. He's been dealing with it since he was five years old, so he understands. But like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just I'm finding myself to be way more productive, and I'm able to do all those things that you said in the beginning. I think when I was drinking casually, I wouldn't be able to do all of mm-hmm. those things. Yep. You know, without having a mental breakdown. So, mm-hmm. right. Well, same thing. I mean, I think I always say too, like, whenever I'm the most busy, like, that's probably the most productive I am. I can yeah. turn over the quickest. You know, like, we're joking around. I think last time, oh my gosh, like, being in your 30s, it's not like, you know, now it's not just like, yeah. oh, no, I'm fine. I can go out. I'm good to go. No, it's like the one, two, three day hangovers that yeah. people talk about. <laughs> and, and I know myself, like, 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 you guys can sit here and casually, like, you know, have a beer. I'm not like that. Like, I, I just know in my head, like, I can't just, you know, have a beer, have a shot. Like, mm-hmm. I would end up, we've partied before. Like, yeah, I yeah. end up, like, having a really good time. Everybody has a really good time. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to just yeah. stay away from it. And Well, it's it's proven successful, whatever, yeah. you know, you're doing and yeah. having a kick-ass year. So Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about some stuff uh, getting away from the bands, because as we established, you do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, your day job is at a big Southside Chicago venue, and your history as a musician kind of collided and became the impetus for your podcast that you co-host. So tell yeah. us some about that. Yeah. See, and like that's the other cool thing. Like, my job at Bourbon isn't even necessarily like a day job. It's kind of like I just help with production stuff, and I help with design stuff and I help with just kind of random things like stuff that you consider is like a fun time for you anyway like me and Kenny we get together Kenny's the talent buyer at 115 Bourbon Street and he also is the he owns all the bands that I listed earlier is Bourbon Street like officially on the Chicago side or the Marionette Park side that's officially Marionette Park okay it's right across from Chicago it's like that corner is Marionette Park yeah Um, but me and Kenny uh, just from both of us working in the industry Every week we would have, you know, meetings regarding the bands and regarding bourbon and regarding whatever. And it just turned into us sitting down and talking about random shit and just blabbing. And he's like, what if we like recorded this? And that's what the podcast turned into. And it's called, we have no idea what we're talking about. And it's 
because we just kind of nothing's planned. We just sit down and just go. The secret is probably that we could like be doing that too. Like we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. But yet, you know, <laughs> here we are. You're, you're like you're organized. Like like you're way more organized. Like me and Kenny will literally sit down and be like, okay. And Where are we going to start? We're, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. And like we'll get together at noon on Tuesday and then it's posted at five on Tuesday. So it's like. Mm-hmm. What are we gonna? What the hell are we gonna talk about? I love about? how organic it is, though. It's like when you get a personality that meshes well with another, yeah. and it's like, hey, let's just start somewhere. It's gonna roll. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of something I'm envious of, is because I I made the awesome decision uh, as the the producer guy of the show. Uh, I was like, yeah, you know, we want to have music, we want to have sound effects, we want to have intros. Yeah. There's gonna be all kinds of production. It's gonna be great because sometimes you know that podcast where it's just like however many people talking and yeah. it's dry. So it's like, oh, let's spice that up a little, you know, like pull in like a general person with like uh, flashy lights type yeah. stuff. Yeah. And that's cool. And it totally works. Like it's it, it's not that it doesn't, but I so envy that you guys record it, probably do the most minimal editing and have it up at 5 p.m. the same day. I, I want that so badly. So, but you secretly don't because you also love like the fidgeting and the perfection and the sound and yeah. the quality. I so do. He's, he's, yeah, yeah, I do. He's envious of it, yeah. but I do. he likes playing with us. Yeah, stories. we just, I literally, I it's just the same. We do it in GarageBand and I run it through a USB condenser mic. There's only one microphone. I know. I, I've watched one of your videos and you guys mm-hmm. are literally like doing do a duet cute. on like one this. mic. Yeah. They do the yeah. cute like face to face. Yeah, we just What's talk. up, Kenny? What's up? Hey, if we What's move up? this mic, we can kiss. And then I just plug it in. I plug it into the everything and I just, it takes I me about 10 minutes I love the gesture, the two hand. I yeah. plug, plug it in. Plug it in. Done. And uh, you guys have stayed on course like every Tuesday since the inception or have you missed any Tuesdays? The only Tuesday we missed was uh, around the 4th of July. Because okay. we were Makes just, sense. I mean, there was even some times where I was out of town or he was out of town that we still managed to get one out. But yeah, we I think we're on Tuesday this week will be episode 41. And and it's not necessarily implied by the title. We have no idea what we're doing. But uh, yeah. basically, it's just talking like industry stuff, music stuff, things like that. Like throw a few topics at us. What you guys would uh, talk about. We've talked about, you know, uh, cover band set lists. We've talked about pop culture stuff. We've talked about uh, those stupid like challenges that are like social media challenges. Yeah. We've talked about dating stuff. We've talked about yeah, I, sex I, stuff. I listened to your, about, uh, the one about like uh, if you're dating someone in a band and like yeah. how that can be tricky. Yeah, yeah. 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 We we literally tricky now. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, everything's so. Smooth. My boyfriend or girlfriend that's in a band is clearly not drunk and cheating on me. Yeah. Why would I ever think that? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's never happened in history and ever. A lot of it happens like if we have a, a weird experience with a show that weekend. And like this pissed me off because a lot of our conversations are like, I'm fucking pissed because of this, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And we'll take that and we'll make it into a topic and we'll talk about it. And do you ever anticipate running out of topics or is there just always so much going on that you'll never? Uh, That was a concern that we had at first. But I mean, we've gone so far so much so mm-hmm. far and there's constantly things happening so I mean, we, we can play back your intro pooch <clears throat> and uh i think he's got a couple things yeah to yeah because kenny kenny <laughs> kenny's probably an interesting dude too but you, is, you've got a lot is. going on yeah yeah because he's also like he does the modeling stuff and then he does he he manages i didn't know that but he, he is a pretty man he, he is. is a very he handsome a, man he's a professional model i love it yeah, yeah baby yeah uh, maybe it could be like a hand model like George Costanza? No? Okay. I knew a guy in college, actually, when he was a child, he was, like, a hand model for, like, math books and stuff. Really? You know, where it's, like, turn to <laughs> turning chapter 13, oh and it God. has, like, the hand turning the page or, like, the hand holding a pencil. Legit. Like, Can I don't you imagine know. being the casting director for that? Like, No. This is the perfect hand. 
There's like, um, there's a slight wrinkle in your knuckle. Sorry, we can't accept yeah. you. No. Yeah. I'm such a tomboy. There's so many like scars everywhere. We're like, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, let's talk about one of your other side hustles, if that's the right name for it. You do a little graphic design work. Uh, yeah. Is there an official name for your graphic design business, and how can people contact you if they would like some work done? Um, see, that's the other like that kind of just happened just because I people would ask me to do stuff and I was like okay it's kind of like a side gig it's it's technically called Martino Concepts um all right you guys there, got that Martino Concepts. there is I mean you go to martinoconcepts.com there is a a Facebook setup but it's just like it's kind of worked by a very like organically mm-hmm. like I made a post and then you contacted me like hey I need this done it's like okay it, it, that's kind of how it's been operating. Like, P.S., phenomenal job. Uh, I, I think I was a little meticulous OCD pain in the ass, but our logo is amazing, I right? would, and we love you for and it. And I told you about a this. Little? Yeah. A, a I little? I told you about this <laughs> because that's how I am, and I would rather have somebody that is like that than someone that's just like... Whatever. Just yeah. do whatever you want. It's like... Yeah, no. That makes it easier for me, but then I don't know for sure. It's like, well, I don't know if you're totally happy. Yeah. You know? So every time I apologize to him for like, dude, can we just like maybe do this? Like, I remember specifically with the glass. That was like the really only sticking point. Everything else I felt like you came back fairly quickly and I was just like, dude, I love the colors. Dude, I love the fucking like font. I love it. This is great. And then it got to like the glass and I just like felt like I was being a little bitch about it. But then you just kept reassuring me like, no, dude, I'm the same way. Like, I want you to be happy. So it's like whatever you want. Yeah. And it's cool because like I don't want this podcast to ever end. I hope that I get as popular with Danielle and we're like the fucking Joe Rogan podcast, which if you go look, it's like ranked number one on almost every podcast provider. Like that would be amazing someday. So I don't want to like look at my logo one, two, five, ten years from now and be like, I wish I would have had him do this <laughs> yeah always you got to do what you want you got to have what you want That's so it. martinoconcepts.com also facebook martino concepts yeah. um i vouch for it look at our logo tell me that's not cool i love it mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing cool one. It was fun. uh let's see you also from time to time uh will post political opinions there's yeah. a lot of shit going on in this world yeah. right now yeah I do. uh and I do. you know Usually based on like current events, uh, yeah. you, you'll get into educated discussions, or you, you try to keep them educated. I try to. Some of your friends' lists don't allow it to yes. stay educated, but yes. uh, you know maybe some some debates with people on important topics. And eventually, it got to the point where you were like, "Hey, city of Chicago, the state of Illinois, they've got some pretty corrupt, or at least not quite ideal stuff going yeah. on." And talking yeah. about it doesn't really do enough to change it. It's a yeah. start to talk about it. Yeah. But uh, you openly on social media contemplated running for office. Yeah. Uh, talk is cheap. You want to actually hands-on make some change. So yeah. is it still a goal of yours to possibly run for office? It is a goal. Uh, the only <clears> – <throat> which is – this is good because a lot of people don't realize this. Um, in order to run – um, you have to get, you have to get petitions signed from registered voters in your district. I live out in Orland. Um, now, if you run as an, a Democrat or a Republican to get on the ballot, you only need like 500 signatures. But if you want to run as an independent, like I want to, I need 2,800 signatures. And why is there such it's a random difference? random number like um, 25 or 3,000? But then like 2,800. 2,800. It's it's like 2,735 or something. Um, <laughs> And it's because it's not affiliated with one of the major political parties, and so which that in itself is one of the one of the major problems. Like I don't so kind of like a proof point to say like, hey, like is it even worth having you on yeah. the ballot as an independent? Yeah, and okay. and the thing is, is the the time frame. It's about you have about three months to garner this many signatures. Now, I couldn't get that many um, because 
A, it's got to be somebody in the district. B, it also has to be a registered voter. There were, I think, in the, the last election, there was maybe around 50,000 total votes um, for the office that I was running for. And so you figure that I would need 4% of that or th- whatever, 6 mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It, 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 it was not an easy task to do. I mean, I tried, but there's still I still have some things up my sleeve that I'm going to pull out for this um, for the general election in November because you could still do the right end. You could still, I did not go into this thinking that I was going to win anything. I went into it to stir the pot and I did Mm -hmm. that. Like even just from those posts that I made and like my other Facebook page. You've got like three. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But that's where it is. Like we were just talking about earlier, right? Like you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And I want to stir, I'm stirring the pot a little bit because I, I downloaded the Illinois state budget. I read the whole thing. Yeah. I don't even want to know how many pages <laughs> it, that is. It's, Good it for was you. about 800 pages. But I started stirring the pot and I got actually there's current seated representatives that them and their chief of staffs would like start waving to me on Facebook. So it's like, okay, you know, you know what's up. Like, you know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You know, so I am absolutely going to further my pursuit in politics. And in, in all honesty, it, it came from Obama's like final speech. When he's like, if you're if you're upset about something, if you're, you know, pissed off with how the system yeah, works, do something, do, do something it, about run. it. Yeah. He's like, run. So I was like, you know, he's got a point. And I've tried, like, I love trying different things mm-hmm. that people are like, you know, you there's no way you can do that. It's like, well, now you just piss me off, so I'm gonna do yeah. it. I'm gonna try. <laughs> That's like the best motivation in yeah. any any area of life. Like, you pissed me off, so just to like show you, yeah. I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna try extra hard. Yeah. So I yeah once uh yeah I got some things kind of in the in the woodwork just to mm-hmm. cause some ruffles. Well, we've just gone over like crazy amount of stuff between music and, and other ventures you have going on in your yeah. life. Um, with so many irons in the fire, is it best to just tell people Google all those things we just talked about? Or, or do you have like the laundry list of websites and social medias memorized? Do you want to like spill all those real quick? I don't, I don't know what the best uh, way is. I would say my, uh, my main Facebook page is like the hub for everything so that's just facebook.com do do, slash Tony Martino. do you do the, the link thing at the top with like all the social media links like I just discovered that and did that like two weeks ago where you, you can like make not your whole profile public if you don't yeah. want but you can make that like header with like links to all your websites and social media like, yeah that is a, a useful thing yeah all right yeah. so we have facebook.com slash Tony Martino yeah T-O-N-Y M-A-R-T-I-N-O Excellent. Uh, We will have more with Tony in just a little bit. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and we are going to come back with what's happened. So stay tuned. My Instagram is weak as fuck. Cheese. Want to see what the guys are drinking, where they're drinking it, and who they're drinking it with? Visit them at Instagram.com slash AWD podcast. That's right. Let us know what you're drinking and tell us which breweries, wineries, and distilleries you think we should visit next. Follow us today at AWD Podcast. It's time for all the latest news and events. What's going on? This is What's Happened. Hey, everybody. This is Pooch filling in for Nick, who is on vacation in Sacramento. Hopefully he will bring us back tales of the wonderful beers they have out that way. Let's get to it. Channeling his inner Justin Timberlake, Founders Brewing co-founder and CEO Mike Stevens told hundreds of industry professionals attending the Meeting of the Malts gathering in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania that, quote, America forgot how to make beer sexy. 
According to Stevens, Anheuser-Busch, InBev, Miller Coors, and other large beer corporations lost their connection to American consumers as they shifted their focus toward global markets. As a result, he believes that consumers have turned their back on those companies and, in turn, given a new generation of breweries an opportunity to fill the void. If we can bring the sexiness back to American beer, beer survives, he said. Our dads connected with those brewers, and they connected in an emotional way. Sexy to me is more about that authentic connection with your consumer. During the panel, Victory Brewing co-founder Bill Kovaleski said one way Victory is connecting with consumers is through its tap rooms, which the company uses as a way to solicit feedback on new offerings. It's full-on participation between brewer and audience in that situation. Nevertheless, panel MC industry consultant Bump Williams shared a gloomy view of the beer industry's possible future. He predicted a decade or so of decline due to threats from wine, spirits, and cannabis, while the industry struggles to connect with new legal drinking age consumers. I think beer is in for a very, very hard road ahead of us, he said. Stevens said he's betting on continued volume declines from the largest beer companies, which have lost about 11 billion servings to wine and spirits over the last two decades. The opportunity is among the largest in the industry's history. Bud, Miller, and Coors had their time. Fuck them. Let's go get it. I love that quote. Can I say it again? Okay, no, moving on, moving on. To win the hearts and wallets of the American consumer, Stevens said beer companies need to look beyond the so-called craft bubble. In fact, he said the distinction of craft could someday become irrelevant and just be considered American beer. We've got to start looking at it as beer is beer is beer, and not put boundaries around it. You can read more on this story and the meeting of the malts gathering at brewbound.com. And in other news, at least the whiskey was real. Scotch producer The McAllen recently debuted a virtual reality experience in New York's Grand Central Station. The experience took would-be visitors behind the scenes of the company's new $186 million distillery, which opened to the public last month in Scotland's Speyside region. The McAllen Distillery Experience encouraged passerby to walk inside a 15-foot cube. The cube uses six projectors to immerse viewers in 360-degree views of the distillery and the surrounding landscape, no virtual reality headsets required, wind and scent diffusion technology added to the effect. Participants also received small pours of McAllen's newly released edition number four Scotch whiskey, a limited edition bottling. Since we can't bring everyone in the world to the distillery just yet, we arrived at this 4D virtual reality experience as the most compelling, impactful way to tell our brand story, McAllen brand director Samantha Leota says. The event is part of a larger trend among liquor producers and winemakers too, in using virtual reality and interactive experiences to help generate excitement about their products. Expect more to come, predicts Catherine Yu, an expert in immersive experience events and managing editor of No Presenium magazine. Why? These experience-driven events are one of the few ways to hold the attention of increasingly distracted consumers and Instagram-thirsty millennials in particular. During a VR activation, they're not on their phones, they're not on social media, she explains. They're immersed in the world you created for them. In addition, these events are memorable and shareable. If you'd like to read more on the future of virtual reality in the industry, you can find the full article at winemag.com. 
That's the news now for a couple events going on in the AWD universe. It's not quite as big as the Marvel universe just yet, but hey, it's cozy and we like it. On Saturday, September 15th, you can kick off the final week of summer at Rosé Fest on the beach at Shore Club. Taste a variety of rosé wines while hanging out at Shore Club on North Avenue Beach, right off of the beautiful Lakeshore Drive. Tickets range from $25 to $35 and include rosé tastings, freebies, giveaways, and more. The event officially runs from 2 to 5 p.m., but if it's nice weather, we say rosé all day, baby! For tickets and info, visit their page at eventbrite.com. Cannonball Productions is bringing its highly acclaimed nationally touring bacon and beer classic back this year and will be making stops at three major U.S. cities in the coming weeks and months. The classic is known for taking over entire professional sports stadiums, and this year they're bringing the festival to the USTA National Tennis Center in Queens, New York on Saturday, September 29th. Then it's on to Soldier Field right here in Chicago, Illinois on Saturday, October 6th. And the final stop will be at AT&T Park in San Francisco, California on Saturday, November 10th. The Bacon and Beer Classic offers attendees a uniquely all-inclusive experience at a truly epic tasting event. Vendors, live music, games, and eating contests? Unlimited suds and grub for over eight hours without ever having to take our wallets out? Sign us up! Tickets start at just $65, they include a commemorative tasting glass that you'll never want to toss, and are on sale now. For more information on your city's event, or to purchase tickets in advance, visit BaconAndBeerClassic.com. I am Pooch, not to be confused with Groot, and that is what's hopping. There you go, that's the news in the industry with what's hopping, and um... What's Hopping is brought to you this month by Brighto. Brighto, Brighto, makes old buddies new. We'll sell a million bottles. <laughs> no, that's not true. We, we, ha- we, we have no sponsors. But I, I wish we had sponsors. Can we get a sponsor? Let's I know go. I know they're listening. You know, just hey, let, let us know. Yeah, like if you're out there and you want to give us a, a, I won't say what amount of cash, but to be the sponsor and be name dropped every time when we do What's Hopping, all the news and all the upcoming events in the alcohol industry. Why wouldn't you want your name attached to that? Why would you not want people to go check you out? So, I mean, Brighto, that's totally like some Three Stooges shit. But you, whatever you are, we can promote your shit. So let's do that. That's it for the news. Let's segue into my two-part interview that I did with Grant and Brett from Imperial Oak. Starting with Grant, uh, he was super fun. Super informative, super cool dude. And uh, Brett joins us a little bit later. You'll hear him in part two of the interview. But this is Grant Hamilton of Imperial Oak Brewing, and it's awesome. So enjoy. It's time for our featured interview. It's a celebration. So raise your glasses. Here's to you. 
All right, Pooch here with the After Work Drinks podcast, and I'm currently sitting down with Grant of the wonderful brewery, Imperial Oak, who uh, you guys are a huge favorite of mine, so I'm happy to have you guys so uh, early on in the the podcast. Uh, I mean, you you were one of the breweries at the top of the list, so very happy to sit down with you. And uh, we've got we've got Brett running around here somewhere in the back. He's doing work. It looked like yeah. there's some canning we going on. We were trying on. to do some canning, and I gave up on the labeler because we just got it. And I was like, eh, I'd rather do a podcast right now. So <laughs> that's uh, wait until tomorrow morning. It is what five ish o'clock, five almost six now, I guess. So, so we'll see. Maybe Brett can pop in later. Uh, you told me off mic that he's uh, he's a specialist on the nerdy side of beer. I don't yeah. know if we'll delve into that too much, but we'll see. Right. Uh, I know my things, but he knows more things. I will admit <laughs> <laughs> all right well i guess first thing is can you guys just give me a personal background maybe like the cliff's notes or the highlights of how you two got together how you decided you wanted to open up a brewery with one another and and from that point to when the doors finally opened on this place what exactly was that whole process like uh home brewers that's kind of the trend i think in a lot of breweries that are we're started around us. We're almost, well, five years will be next spring. So about 10 years ago, I started home brewing, and five years into that is when this started happening. Um, Brett and I were part of Brixie's Brewers, or we still are part of Brixie's Brewers. It's a homebrew club. And we had just been the only couple guys that were really showing interest of, like, in every meeting we would have, we would talk about, well, if I did a pub or I think we could do this and it just kind of kept going and kept going and then uh, we kind of set a plan in motion and then within a week or so I got a call from Brett saying hey uh, there's one other guy that's really interested he actually owns the bar that we're meeting at Chris the Brocchio owns uh, Brixie's and that's where we had been meeting and I kind of introduced that like he was just this guy behind the curtain but no he was always part of the club too and hanging out whatever and but it was Brett and I that were actually talking about the pub. And then once he heard that we were serious, he's like, oh, great. I've been kind of waiting for somebody to get serious about this. And I am, too. And what if we do this together? I'm, you know, already an established bar. I kind of know how to get things going. So that's how that began. And we started looking for a place, found this place. Took us about a year worth of paperwork, construction. And then we opened in 2014 and uh, been rolling ever since. And uh, I take it that helped a lot that Chris was in on it as a business partner. Uh, as you said, you know, I, I actually did not know uh, Brixie's. I haven't been there in a while, but I'm yeah. a fan of that place. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know until recently that uh, he was involved with you guys here. Um, so that's awesome. And I feel like, uh, as you said, you know, he told you guys, I kind of know what I'm doing. I have my own bar. He's so, been there eight years um, uh, as the owner manager there. So he, I, I assume that was like invaluable to have that. Cause yeah. To I a certain mean, degree, you were probably intimidated, like, oh, shit, we're going to open our own place. Right. And Brixie's. <laughs> Brett had, you know, a couple had said a few things like, you know, you can't do it by yourself. You got to have somebody who's a specialist, specialist at one thing, and somebody who's a specialist at another, and and we all have to have our, you know, highlights or points that we really nail. And obviously, we had never run a bar or a restaurant or anything before, so just jumping into hey, we're good at brewing, let's just open a brewery. That's a little daunting, but other people did it, so we weren't that afraid, and like the way the the market was going, it seemed like this would be the time to do it if we're going to do it. We might miss our window, so 
we headed straight at it, and then he jumped in and, you know, lightened the load for us a lot. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the brewing is probably, like, the heart of everything, but as far as, like, the, the business know-how, some of it you'll learn, some of it you definitely probably want either another partner or, you know, somebody that's going to be a manager-type person for you that you trust to, to handle a lot yeah. of day-to-day. -day. It all depends on who you're talking to, if, like, if they are a veteran to the brewing industry. Like, some people say you can't do anything without – a lead brewer like you got to have a great brewer some people are like once you have the recipes anybody can brew those for you you don't need a lead brewer and other people are like well if you don't market it correctly it's gonna go nowhere and other people are like oh marketing you could do everything free on the fly you don't need to know anything about it. it's like like I said everybody yeah. has to have uh, a spot where they work into that you can't just say you know oh, we'll go easy and not hire a good brewer or we'll go easy and you know we'll just hire some random bartenders you know you got to have somebody who can you know Put their finger on it and, and say yes that's good no that's not and I, I guess we've been clicking pretty good so definitely and i just side note i can't say that i'm like a super beer expert as far as this but just you know i i have a taste palette i, I know what i think i know when i taste stuff and i, I actually had gone to uh another brewery that I did not know until later down the road that their their head brewer actually had to leave them for a little bit and then returned. And I tasted the difference. I was never yeah. going to say anything, but I felt like there's just slightly. Right. Like I thought maybe I was imagining a slight downtick. And then he came back, and, and it was back to what I remember the right. year prior. And there's some points where if you hire another very good brewer, you won't notice as much of that change. But every brewer wants to put their own signature on it. So what Brett is doing here wouldn't be the same as if Brett went somewhere else or if someone else came in and brewed Brett's recipes or, you know, a mix of any of those combinations. So it's good to get something rolling and being able to have control of what you're doing on a regular basis and not have somebody over you telling you, you got to do this, you got to change that, which I know some breweries have had that and that's why the brewers change or the brewers leave or you know, some something messes up where they're being repressed and can't do what they need to do. And here we own it. So we're going to do whatever we need to do to make it taste better if we think we need to make it taste better. And so far, the feedback has been good. So and uh, awesome that you mentioned feedback, because that leads right into my next question. Uh, if I've got my my memory correctly, uh, my memory serves correctly. I believe it was is it established in 2013, but doors open 2014. Yeah. So some people were a little confused by that, but don't get me wrong. As soon as you incorporate, you have work to do to get the doors open. So I feel like I, the brewery has been, I've been working at the brewery since 2013 for sure. But uh, the beer didn't start hitting taps till uh, May 15th, 2014 was our official soft opening date. Okay, so you guys opened in May 2014, and we're sitting here now recording this for mm -hmm. August 2018. Um, how has the Willow Springs community here uh, responded to you guys? How have they accepted you in the past four years? And uh, do you have like a pretty good grasp on how much of your customer base is like super local and how much is like, we're hopping in the car, we're going out to Willow Springs, we're going to Imperial Oak? I would say our regular daily, like Monday through Thursday, people are obviously more local, like not just Willow Springs, which has been great. They kind of took a little while to warm up to us because there's, you know, it's 6,000 people live here. It's not a lot of craft beer people right off the bat. You know, you got to kind of educate some people. So, uh, and then like the surrounding suburbs are very, very good about coming in and, and telling us where they're from and why they came and who referred them and it seems like another 
neighboring brewery, but um, I do a little bit of some marketing stuff where I can actually see where people are located when they click on our website. And I'm very surprised that it is like all over the country, a few in Mexico, a few in Canada. And I'm like, oh, when is it going to hit Europe? But I don't know if that's just it's, an internet thing or the, the site that I'm using. But, no, yeah. It, but anyway, yeah, they, uh, they come from all around. It's a funny thing because uh, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like I, I checked the statistics. Uh, this is episode two we've got going on right now, but just in the preview show we've done in episode one, uh, I checked the statistics and we look at it and we see these other countries pop up. You're like, what in the hell? Yeah. And it's like, okay, like, you know, like one of my co-hosts that has family in Canada. Okay. That makes sense. Right. Then they took a family trip to Italy and Greece. So, okay. Maybe like somebody listened out there, like when they were out there, but then you have stuff popping up like Denmark. And I think there was like something like, uh, Ethiopia or something like random where you're just like did you just like get lost on the internet and start clicking things but hey if if somebody out there like purposefully is listening because they're into beer that's awesome yeah I mean I get emails and actual snail mail all the time in foreign languages asking me to send them back (laughs) bottle caps or stickers or any merchandise I collect something something and it's like if I can read it and they sent postage I'll throw it back in the mail but it's just so weird that people just find you. I don't know. Yeah. Other countries have beer internet, fridges right? too that they need right. stickers for, right. I guess. Right. Right. <laughs> but, yes. But I've been collecting for 38 years. Like, oh my God, your collection has to be just an insane, like, hoarder fest of beer stuff for 38 years. I try to purge my glassware and stuff every, like, year or two. Just like, oh, this is a cool glass, but I got 19 of that shape. So we're going to move on but so a little a little slow you said for willow springs to adopt but then once they found out about you yeah it was just like oh what do you guys do oh okay i don't really drink beer or i only drink whatever you know like that isn't you know a macro you need to find the the, like the craft equivalent to like gateway drug them into trying that's what happens we have a good variety like we kind of have different sets of kind of series of beers so like light beers that are very approachable is like one of those where we'll have Buzz Light beer and uh, a Belgian Blonde and uh, a few different really light, easy, you know, saison style things that are a little bit more flavorful than that regular light American lager that you've been used to, but not so much that you're like, oh, why is my beer black? Or you know, why <laughs> why is this so bitter? You know, like the so the only a, black beer I've ever heard of is Guinness. Yeah, right. And I don't drink that. Right. <laughs> so. Basically, it took a little bit for them to figure out you were here. Mm-hmm. Some people that, you know, craft beer wasn't their thing already. Maybe they had to get eased into it, give you a shot. Was there a moment or moments or any, like, first times that something happened where it made you guys feel validated as a brewery? Like, kind of like a, well, would you look at that? I think we made it. Uh, you know, like, there was a couple early competitions that were just small competitions, not huge you know, nationwide things that we hit and got, you know, best of show and a couple other uh, wins within the categories. And then um, the Cask Ale Fest, we did the same thing down in the city. And uh, just those little things are, to me, it's like, it's kind of a, you know, pat on your back, but like, doesn't really increase sales or anything like that. But it's like, yeah, you know, I told you I could, you know, make a good beer. So there you go. Um, other i don't know just i think being able to open this second space that we're sitting in now like being able to grow enough within the first three years to in year or first two years to in year three 
open up twice as much space as we had before. That's just like, oh, wow, this is actually working. You know, we're in the right direction. I know, you know, restaurants and things that are open for 10, 15 years before they have the ability to expand or add a second chain or whatever. So I'm very happy the direction it's been going. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I have my own story that I could say as an outsider that would come here as frequently as possible. You know, it wasn't every other day, but I, I people that I know that come out this way meet up here on the weekends and stuff like that. And so for me, uh, I remember hearing about the place from a friend like, hey, they just opened really recently. Like, meet me we up there. got two beers go. on tap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I heard that story. Yeah. Um, but it was like, hey, let's go check it out. So I remember coming here for the first time, and the, the one thing I will always associate with you guys in my first time here was that I typed in the address on my GPS, and it was like, does not compute, doesn't yeah, it exist. doesn't exist. I don't know if it was because you guys were so new. I don't know if it was because I need to get my damn maps updated. I don't know. But uh, I finally found it, you know, down this tiny back road. We still get that. You could easily you could easily miss it in the dark, for sure. That, that Willow Boulevard sign is super tiny. Um, and then, you know, you go behind the 7-Eleven, past the condos, yep, yep. across from the Metro here, which I don't know if it's picking up on the mics, but you heard it toot uh, about five minutes ago going by. Oh, there'll be more. And, uh, you know, you guys just kind of started as this little L-shaped tap room over there on the other side. Right. Uh, kind of like a skinny walkway between the bar and your tables. And I, I think when you guys first opened for the first, I don't know how many months, it was like a short-lived, maybe like a golden tea and a pinball was over there on the side. We didn't have golden tea, but we had three pinball machines. Yeah, it was, um, it was a couple arcade things, right? Yeah, so, and then it just got so crowded that they were taking up more space than they were worth and people were playing them but like I said it's like you could put another table there and more people could come in and enjoy it because we were having people walk in and say holy shit this is ridiculous and just leave and yeah that's a, that's a good problem you know create a little little bit of uh, demand but uh, at the same time you want to be able to host those people you don't want to turn in, away people in the warm months that's not so much of a problem you have the picnic no, tables yeah. the garage doors are open that's cool Which in the winter yeah, people aren't exactly going to take their their beer stand out in front and freeze for too long maybe for as long as a smoke break and that's about it so uh, you definitely if you can you don't want those people to turn away um so by my recollection i thought business was going good fairly quickly yeah i would come here on weekend nights and you guys would be packed there'd be people hovering around the bar you'd have to wait a few minutes yeah. to you know we weasel your way in there um, you were definitely filling the room. So how long do you feel like your doors were open uh, until the amount of business coming in made it evident to you guys that, hey, maybe we can or, or maybe even we need to expand this place ASAP so that we can accommodate this? Well, we were, like I said, with those pinball machines, that was like step one. Like we took that out and we put a, a drink rail there and, there were, and we had a couch over there. And it's like, well, this is, you know, a nice lounge area, but we don't have space for a lounge area. And then from there... What do we do? We we kind of added one more table and kind of you know sneak things in so you could get four more seats in there and we we're, we're like just at capacity like that though so we couldn't really do much more so we then uh, asked the person who was occupying this space uh, leasing this space who was one of the co-owners of the building when we first rented the space he said you know I'm just a warehouse there they did concrete flooring or uh, epoxies and stuff he's like i'm just a warehouse i can move this warehouse wherever so if you guys need this space at any point let me know and we can get wheels going to get us out of here and, and somewhere else and so we approached him and he's like yeah and probably within about six months they had vacated and we took over the space and started construction and another eh, probably four or five months after that we were open so it, it took about a year to get all this sorted as well so um 
and then now it's like we feel like we're all crowded again. We just got all these canning and labeling, and now we got pallets of cans that are in our way, and who, uh, we who, got all who, kinds of things. Just out of curiosity, who's on the other side of you? Are they as friendly to give up their spot? Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> Darkwater. Uh, they're uh, tattoo and gallery, which they do some really nice work over there. I suggest stopping in if you guys are even not a tattoo person. I have no tattoos, but it's super cool in there. They have all kinds of cool art, and just like the vibe of the place is just like walking into a, a different world you know yeah it's not that dark dingy tattoo you know like are the needles clean give, give you a second give you a second yeah. thoughts when you walk no, in the no, door like this place is super classy yeah I, I like you it. don't want the place where you got up the courage to go in and then once you walk in you're like uh too late to go back right <laughs> but um yeah i mean i am also a no tattoo guy uh, i don't know that i ever will uh, pop your head in there i'm serious like it's just like you walk in and just say hey i came from imperial oak they recommended me to come over here and they'll Probably ask you if you want another beer from them. I don't know. They got a whole fridge and cool setup over there where there's all kinds of couches and I mean, I'm a, things I'm to a, hang out. And just I'm a look. fan of art. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, even if I'm not going to put that art on me, it would be cool just to check out, you know, what they do. And, uh, right. you know. It's like the young and up-and-coming artists. It's 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 cool to see, like, what the, the trends are. That, I'll just uh, I'll try to never drunkenly saunter over from here and go get a, a tattoo I don't want because I, yeah. I, I hear bleeding is a problem. If, oh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think you'll have a problem. I think they have a month or more than that, like, month's wait list before you can get on. So it's Wow, doing like, that well. Yeah, awesome. you can't just walk in and get a little clover on your inner thigh. You actually have to set up an appointment, and I think there's, like, a, a good – good size minimum to spend before you can even walk in the all right road. so uh, any any yeah. of your tipsy patrons they're gonna have to wait a month sober up <laughs> right. see if they reevaluate right. if they right. still right. want that tattoo right. or not right right exactly all right but so yeah, they're, they're cool to work with and we actually did a collaboration thing with them um dark water which is uh our imperial black ipa comes out on halloween every year and uh the tattoo artist over there who owns the place jose perez jr he did the label art for us and then we named the beer dark water so the name of the tattoo place is dark water if i didn't say that so anyway I mean, it's a it's a we're very amicable it, i don't it works. i don't know if there necessarily is like a very apparent correlation between tattoos and beer but i, I feel like it's almost like a deja vu moment with you telling yeah. me how, how well you get along with those guys uh, my co-host danielle she just recently went on a, a family trip and uh, she was in italy and greece hope you're having fun and uh well she's back now she oh. she had a great time i think uh, it looked like it at least <laughs> on social media but uh she did a lot of work for the podcast a lot of social media stuff while she was out there and i'm just sitting here back at home posting the videos and pictures and things she's sending of all the the local beer and wine right. and 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 spirits over there and all this cool stuff and next thing i know like our instagram is blowing up with like follow requests from tattoo parlors out there yeah. so i guess you say hey ah. after work drinks we like booze we like tattoos why not so yeah it's funny how word of mouth works and then social media just catches fire it works so yeah beer beer and tattoos <clears throat> man uh I like the partnership, I guess. It works for me. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you mentioned, obviously, you had a, a friendly neighbor that gave you uh, the room that we now sit in this space, this Savage Oak room. And, um, I mean, you could tell me how it went on your side of things, but from me as a, an outside, just a customer point of view, uh, I noticed that once you guys opened this room, it seemed like you started to more actively promote the availability of booking tables in here for your parties. Yeah. Uh, you started hosting your beers and brunch events in here, and uh, most of us from the podcast came to the one that you guys did with Ofrenda, okay. and that was awesome. I mean, like, one of our regular co coffee-infused beers and foods. Oh, it was the, delicious. the coffee event with 10 Drops and Ofrenda? Yeah, 10 Drops and yeah, Ofrenda. That, that was, was awesome. We that do was, that, so that was the second year we did that. We're 
trying to make that uh, a regular routine. We know those guys out at Ten Drops pretty well too. So. Yeah, those guys. They have delicious food. Uh, the stuff they had specifically for that day was amazing. And then on top of it, I think it was maybe three months later. Like they actually uh, showed up at my work, not with the food truck, but. Uh, there's like this food service that I guess different businesses use. It's called Fuda. Okay. So you can like order off of like a, a menu of like six, eight different choices and they'll deliver it to your, like your office kitchen. And okay. then they also do pop-ups and like the pop-up will appear at like a neighborhood building and you just go walk over. So like the, the company that like owns our building, like almost our whole damn neighborhood, um, they actually host the pop-up. So I'm looking at my email one day and it's like, oh, a friend is going to be here. I'm like, Sign me up. Walk I know what I'm having for lunch tomorrow. Yeah, so that's yeah, sweet. I uh, went over there, talked to those F-O-O-D-A, guys. Uh, F-O-O-D-A? Yeah, F-O-O-D-A, yeah. yeah. So um, oh. they do like delivery stuff for, for companies and then they do pop-up locations. And I went over there, I just talked to like the two guys they had working. I was like, hey, like I just had you guys at the beers and brunch thing at Imperial Oak. You guys are awesome. I told all my friends. Got like at least six, eight co-workers to go down there with me. Yeah. Like, trust me, dude. I know we have like taco <laughs> places coming in this place all the time and you're sick of it, but just try these guys. Like the food is top notch. That's cool. I, uh, I, I'm very grateful for all the food trucks that come out. They're one of our regulars. Like I said, they probably come out at least every other week, if not more. And we do food trucks Thursdays through Sundays. And I mean, we just have a, a good rotation. <clears throat> Excuse me, a good rotation of them. So we've got cheesies you, out there right now, yeah, which is, uh, is that's is, heaven sent when you've been drinking some beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, it's kind of cool because our beer menu is always changing. And, you know, season to season and even like I was telling how we have that kind of light rotation. So if you come in two weeks apart from each other or even a week, uh, weekend to weekend, you're going to find different beers on tap. You're going to find a different food truck outside. So really the only thing that remains the same is the space and the people that come. You know, it's like everything around you is always evolving and revolving. So it's it's a fun thing to always keep trying to reinvent things and find new flavors from the food or the beer or you know just the everything i guess and uh besides having obviously more space for uh for people to come in and sit down hosting parties having these these food truck events and things like that um obviously one of the prime reasons uh you're using this now obviously it's named savage oak for a reason uh you have your new sour series you've got stuff fermenting in here uh you're using that extra space so from all facets of business how critical has the expansion into this room been for you guys? i say the kickoff was we had more space for everyone to come and sit down. And not everyone is a sour beer fan, but we're finding more and more of them as they try more and more of what we're doing. And we're getting better and better at what we do with that program because, you know, you just start out and you have a, a few different things that you can do and then you can cross culture some stuff and mix some cultures and now you got something slightly different a little fruitier a little drier oh we like it that way a little better and eventually you know people are try one oh well now now that's the style i like so it, the though the savage oak series was something that we definitely wanted to have in here I don't think it had the immediate impact that the seating had, but it's now grown itself to be the like secondary focus of, you know, we have the main brews that everybody is drinking. And then we have this kind of small, not super small, but small enough series of beers that are unique to the area. We don't, um, we don't uh, kettle sour anymore. We do everything with like full, Brett fermentations and uh, 
mixed fermentations with bread and other things as well. So it, everything we do that's in the sour program is legitimately like old school style. Well, it has its roots in the old school style. And then, you know, we obviously Americanized it. Yeah. I mean, I would say uh, you, you would probably know better than I. I mean, I know when I discovered uh, sours and had one just, you know, I like to try as many new beers as possible. Right. So I, I want to say, I don't know if it was the very first one, but I think maybe the first or second one that I had was uh, the Lagunitas. was Aunt Sally, I think. Okay. Something Sally. Yeah, Aunt yeah, Sally. yeah. I think they it's Aunt Sally's. Yeah. So um, I tried that, just saw it on the store shelf, and was like, yeah, I like Lagunitas. I never had this one. Tried it. It was awesome. Um, you know, I've tried a couple of your guys since since you started going, uh, and I'm trying to memorize the chalkboard. I can't see it from here, but what, right. there's usually, what, like a handful that you guys have at any given time? Uh, usually about five-ish. Okay. You know, sometimes it can creep to seven or drop to three, but we always keep something on for sure, and now... Uh, we're probably transition into these giant barrels that we got here, uh, the fooders. That's going to make it a lot easier for us because we that's basically a triple brew batch that we can put in there. And so every few months when things start to happen and get to a point, we can take part of that beer out and add a new batch in there with the remaining two-thirds of it and put that on tap. And in between time, the two-thirds batch will then re-inoculate that last batch that we just added so the, basically you just have to wait a little bit and it all turns back to the same beer that you just took out of there a little while ago so nice it's uh solaire is the i guess the term for that but um i feel like everybody would do better in like chemistry and science class if it was about beer like it makes me want to pay yeah. more attention to, <laughs> yeah, to yeah, that yeah. side of it yeah i think i probably did learn more in just learning how to homebrew on biological biology stuff than i did in high school i didn't take any in college sorry not, <laughs> not that big of a nerd but i mean i guess that kind of goes to show too you don't have to be a super big nerd to know how to make beer or at least learn how to make beer when and you then, were uh when we were setting up this interview and talking through uh email and on the phone i believe uh you mentioned you have a day job but just out of curiosity yeah. what, what is that i is do it? video production oh that's yeah. freaking awesome so, i i was like video production superstar in, in college and uh Looking for any any excuse to do audio and video production in my spare time. So hey, yeah. start a podcast. There's the audio <laughs> side. Hey, we're gonna post video content on our, our uh, YouTube. So there you go. I'm just scratching right that itch. If I can't uh, if I can't be officially have it as a career, I'm gonna do it as, as this little side thing. And and who knows? Yeah, I started off doing a lot of it, and then uh, just my job kind of worked its way away from the actual hands-on camera, audio, video thing. Like we just started needing me in different places and so i do more scheduling and programming things now than i do actual video production but that was where my roots came from is it uh, so that's something you went to, to school for yeah i went to university of iowa and i have i actually have an art degree um and then i have a couple minors and i did a lot of communications stuff in that that program as well so same came here. out and did um uh, I worked for PBS for a little bit. And now, oh, wow. Yeah, and now I moved to, that was back in Iowa. And so then, people yeah, listening to this are probably like, man, I already think you're cool because you own a brewery, <laughs> but now you're working for PBS, <laughs> you're doing video production. Yeah, PBS is, yeah, it's PBS. It was fine, it was good, but, you know, I obviously moved on. It wasn't, I guess I just never hit an exciting point with it, so anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I, I think it's, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit rewarding even if if it doesn't end up becoming or staying your career 
Um, it's just fun, and I think like if you're if you're doing it, you're working for somebody. Like you said, oh, it's PBS. So I mean, maybe it's not like the ultimate place you want to be or thing you want to do with it, but um, it's cool because as a hobby, you're naturally you're gonna you're gonna do what you want as and opposed to I what your employer love wants. The art aspect and the creativity part of it. You know, I went to school to learn art, and and when I got there, I found myself more towards the graphic design and and the video side of things in the art department, and just I think that has you know lend itself pretty well here because i do a lot of like i pretty much do all of the photos and social media like uh i guess any of the anything on facebook you see that's photos that's pretty much what i've done and then like just the interior of this space too to kind of make it feel how it feels you know like the artwork i i don't actually do the artwork like yeah, for that's, our labels uh, and stuff but uh that's my next question no, actually okay. well, and then like i build the tables and i do that kind of thing too the, so the table's like, also awesome i should i should take a, a a picture of this and throw it up on our sites uh i mean uh that was basically my next question was you know since we brought up the savage oak room yeah uh, just what's going on in here uh these tables yeah awesome. they're inlaid grain under epoxy and then that happened when we first opened the other side too i want to do something i just didn't want to get something that you could buy out of a big box store and you know like if we're going to craft the beer we should craft the space and so like kind of ended up with this this these tables like when you first like put them out and i came here and was like this is all and it wasn't like i'm drunk happy or anything yeah. i like appreciation for the art of it i was like this is awesome yeah yeah it's just like something that is like kind of crafty and kind of arty at the same time and it's actually useful so it's i mean i'm i'm like looking to buy my first house for uh in the next calendar year and i'm like ready to be like i'm commissioning you to make me one of these tables yeah. for the man cave <laughs> no i i've i have to count in here i've done over 30 of them and i'm like oh do we need more i don't know if we do like it's always like well we could change that one out was that the, was that the trade the yeah. trade-off like we have the savage oak room and that's awesome but now i have to make a bunch more tables <laughs> six seven eight uh, yeah there's probably 15 of them in here alone and then probably 15 on the other side too or at least 10 so yeah so, so the, the tables part of the art something you yeah. notice right away when you walk in here but also you've got some art hanging on the walls and um that's our it, label art yeah. it's it's pretty funny because it's like you have the you have the stuff on the walls in here it's on your bottles it's on your cans and it, it features these cool looking characters uh one of the most predominant ones that i see is the guy that i think looks like a big chinned animated captain hook i don't know if he has a name but i like that guy a lot so tell is me that lord humongous is that lord humongous yeah, i know a hook so i mean he, he doesn't have a hook but like if if i pulled up on my phone right now animated captain hook from like the disney stuff yeah i feel like He's lord the, humongous the uh, little tiny legs kind of like shrek style yeah big yeah. head big chin I yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like he's a got a little bit of captain yeah. hook in him no yeah. hook but the face that's lord humongous our uh, barley wine so who is responsible for this awesome artwork that we have here and is that the same person who made your guys main logo yes so that's how it started uh we needed a logo and i i guess i could call myself the creative director I have a concept usually that sticks with me and then I bounce it off the other guys and if it continues to work or if I just draw a blank they can always you know kind of bounce something back and we come up with something but we originally needed that logo and we went to a website called 99designs, plug for them I guess, and uh, we found an artist who, okay so the way 99designs works it's like a competition website for graphic designers so it's kind of like I already have a graphic design job, but I need a little bit more work. I'm going to do something for another website that, you know, has people needing design work. So we got hooked up with this guy. His name's Stefan. He actually lives in Russia. 
So nice. I've never actually spoken to him, but Happy we... World Cup, <laughs> Stefan. I hope you had a great time back oh, then. Oh, and he's super into soccer, too, because we recently, well, not recently, about a year ago, became friends on Facebook, and it was like every other photo was him with something to do with soccer, I feel like. So uh, is, he, he, is he friends with the Imperial Oak Facebook or just your personal? Yeah, no, he is. And then he'll post our, like, as he finishes the labels for us and we release the beer he'll ask me is it okay if i put that art on my page now and so he he puts all of our all this stuff up that he does for us on his facebook page but you know i don't think i've ever seen anyone else's art that because he's done multiple things for other people he must just like doing our stuff because it's like i feel like i just have a pretty clear idea of okay brother's keeper is going to be you know this low angle shooting up at these giant bees that are coming down on you while somebody's stealing the honey right it's a imperial honey saison like let's get the honey and get out of here before these you know killer bees get us and i just give him this idea you know in, a, in about a paragraph and he'll come up with something do a little you know drawing and yes i like this no i don't like that go with this uh these colors work these colors don't and it, we've got probably what 20 or so from him now and then i we had a, a collective of all of these different characters that he's done for each one that when we moved into this new space i had him put them all together in one big mural so they're like all the characters from our different labels are all hanging out at like a campfire party over here on on this wall yeah, over, here. Yeah, over here so that's pretty cool and if you look you can find the three of us that own imperial oak 2 in there but uh, I need it, to look at that fun. closer now. Yeah, it's just, it's just a, a fun way to just keep, you know, you got this culture that just keeps growing that is just this, like, fantasy culture that's our our labels that have, you know, this own world of their own that's just kind of fun. And then uh, we recently started doing some more work for our cans. We decided that our, our barrel age and our strong stuff and our those big beers are what we work with Stefan on. And then those have been all of our bottle releases until the last two years. And then... Now we're starting to do some canning, some 16-ounce cans of IPAs and stuff. So we now have a second artist who's in Massachusetts. They are Benchmark Studios, again, through 99designs. And This sounds I like a really badass website. I didn't yeah, know yeah, stuff yeah. like that existed. Now, like, so as far as, as like compensation goes, like, do they facilitate that? Or once they hook you and your artist up, that's between you two? Um, well, you could, once you, well, so the initial competition of, like, how it works is like a bunch of people will submit what they think is what your concept is based on again like a paragraph or so of what you're looking for and what it's going to be used for and then you pare it down you pick like the top five or so and then you give those top five direction on how to better their design and then you take it to three and take it to two or one or however or, you know if you pull somebody right away that like this is the guy then then uh you can just say okay competition over he wins and uh i think to start a competition it's 300 dollars, and 200 of it goes to the artist and 100 nice. of it goes to the website which seems like 99 designs is doing pretty good on that but right uh, yeah and then you can do uh one-to-one -one things with them too where it's like i've already okay i want to work with this artist again and then you just tell them hey i need this now and the whole thing goes through the site and the site is like a file sharing thing too so you can Send each other messages, send each other files, uh, and again, just go through the, the visual proofs and, and tweaks that way. 
That's really cool. Like, cool. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe not everybody could appreciate it, but uh, I guess us both coming from like a visual arts background mm -hmm. in school and everything. Like, I'm really nerding out right now at the fact that like you didn't get to sit down with this guy. You no. had to basically send pictures, yep. just a verbal description, try to get as vivid as possible, and that he came back and like you liked his stuff like that. That's yeah. that's just yeah. you know the luck of that really that, Actually, that it went so smoothly. He was the very first submission, and when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's pretty good. And then we got like another ten submissions after that and they were all good as well but like there's just something about that first one and i think that actually happened with our can designs too glenn at benchmark was the first one to put them up and i was like dude that's that's exactly what i'm thinking he hit it you know and then other people kind of threw some stuff in there and it was okay but uh anyway it's just cool because like I, i'm not always good with my words like to like verbalize what exactly the yeah. style is from stefan but like there's consistency and it's just really freaking awesome well, in everything that you guys do if with you it remember release. that he's from russia you can kind of see that european kind of old world kind of feel to it where the forests look like european forests and the uh, figures look like drawings that are in like i don't know old cartoons and maps and things so it's like oh this but I need to just seeing the original logo. You wouldn't know that that's what his art looked like. So once right. you got to that part of it, it was like, oh, well, this is something totally different. But it's right on point with our our feel and, and theme at Imperial Oak. So, yeah, I, cool. I think I may have to Facebook stalk him through the Imperial Oak Facebook and just like drop him a link and be like, dude, I don't know if you like podcasts, but you got some love. You should listen to yeah, your, your yeah. 10 minute spiel and, you, and feel good uh, about yourself. Scroll back a couple releases that we did uh, last time we released. Uh, Bermuda Triangle. Tagged him uh, on that? Yeah, I think I tagged him on that one. And I guess I didn't ask him if I could do that, but I don't think a lot of people uh, yeah, are no, stalking I, him. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure that he would like it, because if anything, people are going to geek out about the art like me, and maybe somebody wants to commission some art from well, him. Actually, I logged into that site the other day and tried to get to him, and I see that his status on that site is, please don't contact me unless I've already worked with you. So, like, he's kind of closed on that site now. He still uses that site with a lot of other people, I think. You guys blew Similar him up us. and some yeah. other people. Like he's, he's too busy. Yeah, and, and he's a he, superstar. he'll go on holiday for a while, and, you know, you know how European holidays are. He, he's gone for a, lot, a lot month more or so. The, yeah, a lot like, more of those, man. It's like, uh, hey, you just got Hope hired. you don't need any labels anytime soon. You just got <laughs> hired at your new job. Eight weeks vacation to start. Yeah. You don't need to put in 15 years or 20 years to earn right. that at all. Right. Got, so, Europe's got it figured out over there. But uh, while we're touching on like the artsy creative side of things, uh, yep. let's talk about your beer names because I feel like any brewery that doesn't hate having a little bit of fun from time to time will name a beer or two after a pun, a play on words, maybe a pop culture reference. So first things All first, of those. Yeah, which one of you guys, is it you, is it Brett, or is it both that's the big Rocky fan? Uh, Brett would be more of the Rocky fan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So obviously so for anybody not super familiar. Pain and I Must Break You. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, that also, when you factor in variants, is one of my very favorites. I Must Break Your Coconuts. I, yeah. I am a coconut beer whore. I really, really like or, coconut uh, beer. There's another one. Something with beans. Was the coffee uh, one? Yeah, the coffee. I'm Pun a coffee beer person. Punch you too. in the eye with coffee. Punch you in the beans. Yeah, punch really you in the one. beans. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I am always the type of person that wants to try as many new beers as possible. So that being said, knowing like I'm going to try to, you know, get to all of you eventually. Usually if I walk into like a place and I see something on the menu and I haven't tried it before, the thing that's going to decide my first beer is what makes me sort of chuckle in my head, what amuses yeah. me, what makes me smirk. Yeah. So hats off to you guys for, for beers like that. Um, Maybe Brett would be the better better person to ask since he's uh, more into it. But you've got Creed Two coming out. Dra yeah. Drago's yeah, coming yeah, yeah. back with his son. Will there be beer names based <laughs> on the movie? Well, 
I think we try to stay more in the classic pop culture, you know? We have our Pilsner, Check Your Head, named after Beastie Boys, you know, like things that are more of like our growing up age, not to tell you how old we are, but those were our, you know, glory days of like, you know, coming of age and learning what you liked in music and movies and things like that. And, you know, the new ones are good, but like they haven't been, you know, tested and proven yet. So right. we'll probably hold off on calling anything Creed or... yeah. Drago's coming back. I don't know if he's going to deliver any amazing lines that are as iconic as right. I must break you. You know, like, yeah, but I mean, he'll probably say it again. Same but, with Star yeah. Wars, too. We named a bunch of stuff after Star Wars, and like, I don't see us naming anything after Sebulba or something yeah, you know, you random. It's like, you don't want it to get to the ones. You don't want it to get to the point, like, after you use all the good ones that kind of just like lend themselves, you don't want to yeah. make it forced, like, yeah, I'm, a fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan of this. Let me overkill it, even though it doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Um, two of my other personal favorite names, Buzz Lightbeer, Honey yep. Nut Beerios. Um, you know, like I said, it, it sounds silly, but to me, amusing names will make me try your beer yeah. first. So the first time I saw those up on the chalkboard, I, I tried them immediately. Um, for me, I've always wondered, and now I finally get the chance to ask you, um, what comes first in a situation like that? Let's say like Honey Nut Beerios, for example. Do you guys brew a beer that tastes a certain way and then like, hey, let's come up with a name that jibes with that? Or do you have a name and you go to Brett and say, let's brew something that fits with this funny name because I really want to use this no, name? No, it's always the beer first. We're always going to the general beer styles and then, okay, this one has honey. So, all right, what's a good honey name? Well, Buzz works. Okay, Buzz Light. It's a lighter beer, you know. Okay, Buzz Light beer. Okay. That's kind of funny because of that one Disney Pixar movie that came out that I won't mention, you know, like. Uh, it's just one of those play on words that's like if I think in- I think we're good as long as we don't <laughs> sing songs from it. If we sing songs from it, yeah. you've got to fit. Right. Well, and it. none of our beers are in distribution, so there's no real threat of. Uh, I think one of the big things on cease and desist is if you're in the same general category. So if there was, if we were making a movie called Buzz Lightbeer, then yeah, that it would might be over. Be They'd come yeah. crashing down on you with that. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, Which, now, speaking of video guy, let's make a movie called Buzz Lightbeer. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, uh, what do we do? We distribute it, uh, distribute it just locally, and um, hopefully they don't hear about it. Oh, we'll just play it on a loop up here. At yeah, the bar. there you go. It, yeah. It'll be so local you can only watch yeah, it here on just, the TV. That's how you get our beer. Just as here, right? So like, you got to come here to get our beer. You got to come here to watch the movie. I like this idea. <laughs> let's let's book it. Buzz Lightbeer coming in 2019 oh. after a lot of recording and post production. Oh, okay. You're like, I got a lot to do. I don't do. know any script writer, so that's on you. I got a lot to do, Pooch. I don't know if I can commit to filming this. I'll take care of it all. You just pop it in the DVD player. But We'll, um, we'll be the beer sponsor. There you go. <laughs> uh, now, if my memory kind of fails me on the particulars. I, I do know that you guys have done some collaborations with other breweries. Yeah. Um, maybe you could speak to that for a minute. And then also, is that something that you guys would like to do more of in the future? Yeah, we're actually working on one right now. Perfect. You would with, think I knew uh, it or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you look at no, any? I, uh, I had no idea. Any uh, Facebookings? Um, so, I guess who have we done them with first? We've done them with Pollyanna and Hailstorm and Horse Thief. Hollow was the very first one we did. Love Horse Thief. And I'm trying to think. I oh, um, Noon Whistle. We did okay. one. We did two with them. Um, I think that's it. But we've done a few with both Pollyanna and Hailstorm, and now we're about to roll one out with Buckle Down, which is a double-barreled aged Imperial Milk Stout, um, aged in 
bourbon to start, and then we each are taking a small portion of that bourbon barrel-aged beer and putting it in a second barrel. Ours is going to be Jamaican rum, and theirs, I don't know if they've mentioned it yet. They just asked what we were going to put in ours, or what we were going to put ours in, so I guess theirs isn't rum. I'll just, (laughs) I mean... I don't know what else they could put it in, another bourbon or maybe a rye or something like that and try to get like a double whiskey thing going on that. But um, that's still in the works as far as the event details. We're supposed to be hashing that out here pretty soon. Uh, But it's going to be a release with cans and probably timed tappings. We're going to do some variants of it. So once we get that barrel-aged beer done, we'll, you know, add some fruit or some spices or something funky into it. So, you know. If you've been to our Pollyanna event that uh, we do with them called uh, Movember, it's for it's a fundraiser for men's health, which is a good one that comes out in November. Yep. Um, we have a trolley that goes back and forth for that one, where at noon the base beer starts, and then at one, excuse me, uh, try not to burp right into the mic. I feel that. <laughs> I, 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 I've got a, I've got them bubbling up too. Um, what are we drinking right here, uh, by the way? Which one is this? America. America. I've had America before. American, I'm not good at remembering. American you got to tell style. me what it is, but I yeah. knew I, rem- I recognized the taste. I just didn't yeah. know which one. So anyway, there's time tappings, and the bus or shuttle will go back and forth. That's how we did the Pollyanna one. So that may happen or may not for the buckle down one, and then, you know, just have fun and get a little snifter glass with the the event logo on it that you can take back and forth between the two places and have different tastes of different variations of the same beer that we've just messed with and messed with and created funky flavors for so i like doing those no i i can't claim oh, we to just know. did one with omega too they're oh, not nice. a brewery but they're you know omega okay. yeast yeah 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 matt who uh we hey you collabed with. with a tattoo parlor you can yeah. collab with anybody yeah, you yeah, want yeah. if it's just in name or if it's in the actual beer making doesn't matter yeah uh, feel like we should do more outside the beer and restaurant and food stuff i mean i mean i i've noticed a lot of things now where it's like making a a beer specifically for like a certain thing maybe like a like a a company or an entity that has nothing to do with beer but we're making a beer named after you um the two things that come to mind radio stations uh nick who does the the news on the podcast and who uh also does uh interviews for us he actually had an event. He works for a radio station. I don't know if he wants me to say it on the podcast, but uh, they released a, uh, a beer, I believe, I want to say with Hopvine. I hope I'm not wrong. I think Hopvine did something for okay. them. And then uh, right now there is for uh, 101.1 WKQX, if you listen to them on the radio, there's Q Street, which I believe Church Street Brewing did. That would make sense. It was okay. called Q Street, right? Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, I mean... Apparently, people are doing it. So, by all means, grab a non-beer entity and slap some Imperial Brew on there. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of something. Like, I don't know if any, like, rich movie producers want to create Buzz Lightbeer. You can reach out to me. That could be a collaboration. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. Let's let's call it uh, Spielbeer. Get Spielberg on board. Come on. Yeah, there you go. Now... I'm not super familiar with, like, you guys decide to do a collaboration. It, I, I assume it probably varies for each, you know, project for each beer. But are the logistics of doing it ever a hindrance? Do you guys, like, discuss, is, are we doing this on, like, a your turf or our turf type thing? Or are we doing part here, part there, coming together? Uh, are we just selling it at our place? You're selling it at yours? All we're both, questions we're both are selling valid. it? Yes, these, these all come up. And it most often leads itself to your brew house is bigger so we can either brew it all over there or we can both brew the same thing 
with the same recipe on both our systems and go from there. And then again, like obviously it'll be on tap at both places, but are we brewing the beer and bringing it here from your brewery? Or are we both brewing the beer and then just putting it on tap with the co-name on it because it's a shared recipe? So uh, the Hailstorm one is brewed at Hailstorm, um, but we collab on the, the recipe and the uh, we do a different fruit, infu- fruit infusion for that. It's the LMFA Goes is that one. So every year we do a different. Another one that makes me chuckle on, yeah, the, on the chalkboard. Yeah. We do uh, a different uh, fruit in that every year, so we kind of collab on what that's going to be. And so for that collaboration, we usually buy the fruit, and they usually buy the grain, and then we're good. So um, is, uh, is quality control ever an issue if we're like, hey, we're making this stuff, and then we're, we're transporting it? Well, no, because it, it'll be in a keg or cans by the time I go to get it from Hailstorm. So so, so that, that sort of debunks like a, a little myth, I guess, that... Uh, that I was wondering about uh, us guys from the podcast uh, and some other friends. We went to the Rainbow Cone event uh, oh. out in Beverly. Yeah, in between. How was that? Oh, oh God, it was so amazing. Yeah. So I mean, I, I missed that, man. I thought that was the greatest idea ever. It, it really was, and I was just wondering, like, how could ice cream flavors translate into beer? And it was yeah. done beautifully. Like the, the pistachio was amazing. I, I forget. Uh, I forget which two it was at Open Outcry and which two it was at Horse Thief, but we we thought we were imagining things because we started at Horse Thief and then we walked up the street up Western to Open Outcry, and then had some more flights and we could have sworn like they're like, don't you think this one tastes like a little bit different, like stronger than it did at Horse Thief? And we're like, man, they only had to bring it up the block. Like, what could have changed? So, like, we were just going batty in our heads, and we were wondering, like, is there anything that could have slightly altered this? Like, are our palates, like, so detailed, or are we just nuts? Yeah, well, for us, we can't distribute. So when we brew the beer here, it stays here. So for Pollyanna or for Hailstorm or for Buckle Down, the beer they brew there can come back to here, but our beer can't go there. So I'm guessing with the Horse Thief and the open outcry situation neither of those guys distribute so they had to brew all of those beers at their spot so they probably so it's like here's the recipe they did the shared recipe thing yeah yeah so yeah. maybe the i don't know if i'm right on that but that's my guess maybe the slightest difference could emanate right. because of it being done that way maybe right their brew systems are different somebody boiled a little longer somebody accidentally threw more grain or sugar of some sort in there to you know, and it didn't ferment, or the yeast is slightly different and stronger, and you know, yeah, really but, uh, got to work on that. Tasting a little bit stronger, not a bad yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. We're, not, we're not complaining, so so don't think that. Open outcry, John Brand, uh, fantastic yeah. over there. I like John. Uh, we're gonna He's hopefully have him. I don't know if it'll be the next episode, but soon. Uh, my co-host Nick is currently accused of ducking him in a rematch of horse on his basketball hoop out back out behind back. the brewery. So we're trying, we're trying to organize the the rematch or the rubber match. I think it'll be their third time. I believe they're one and one. <laughs> and uh, so we want to have some drinks. We want to we video should, record. We should have some more uh, breweries get involved. We'll we, make this into a little uh, friendly hey, competition. So, so you know what? Oh, I but mean, I'm out. I don't play basketball. <laughs> I, I don't know if I should put this beautiful idea out there, but I will. Don't steal it, other podcasts. There's a lot of you liquor podcasts out there. This is a great idea. Don't steal it. But... Yeah. March Madness. March might be a good time to yeah. get some breweries involved if, uh, if there's right. some guys that, you know, can shoot Pretty a basketball. cold outside. I hope you got some heaters rented. It's true. Well, maybe, maybe we could get in, like, the local <laughs> gymnasium at, like, a local high school somewhere. I don't know. We'll, we'll try that. But 
uh, a future episode of the of the podcast. I hear they're putting a roof on. Well, uh, rooftop. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, a roof on the building. I, I, I mean, it's gonna get there. I think so late yeah. in the season, like they've fall been talking time. about that since they opened. Yeah, I, I, I mean, or maybe I brought it up, but it's I've really, asked about it since it opened. It's gonna be really cool. I, I've seen I've seen pictures, and I just oh, they have a mock-up of it. That's yeah, cool. and and I'm hoping I'm hoping that it can open and we can all get up there before it gets too chilly. Just uh, but that's part of the the proposed wager. So uh, so Nick has uh, said that he will accept the challenge from John, but there's got to be a wager. And part of the wager is that he would like, if he wins, uh, dinner for he and his wife on the rooftop and John is their server. Ah. <laughs> so that would be fun. That would be nice. fun. But uh, we're hoping maybe in the next episode or two that we are going to get mic'd up. We're going to have this this rubber match, of course. We're going to video it. We're going to record it. It's going to be John Brand and Open Outcry's interview nice. for this podcast. So hopefully that's coming up soon. Uh, if you guys know Open Outcry, stay tuned for that. If you don't, uh, we will introduce you in a very unique Who, way to who's them. John's uh, playing partner? Who's his teammate? So so he's just we're just going solo. One on one. It's him versus Nick, one-on-one. Uh, on one. However, it's not however I can bring this to them. John has children. Nick has children. His son, Max, he's a wee little dude, but obsessed with basketball. It's yeah. in the genes. Yeah. So if we could get like a, a father and child thing going on, that yeah. could be amazing. Yeah. So, so mark it down. Okay. This is, this is not my idea. This is a fantastic you play, idea. You played two rounds. From Grant. The, the father-son and the one-on-one. And the one-on-one. One. This is yeah. a great idea. I'm, 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 I'm writing this down in my notes right now. <laughs> you can attest to it. You're I'm actually doing something. it. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it could That's be just completely a picture. You're writing boobs. What is that? Exactly. Fart jokes. All right. So back on to you guys. Yeah. Uh, but uh, obviously, uh, the beer community, very friendly. So I don't mind name dropping all the awesome breweries around uh, in Chicagoland and the suburbs at all. Uh, I hope to have them all on this show in the near future. But um, one thing that I recently read on your guys' website and uh, got me really excited is that you're transitioning from a mobile canner to doing yeah. your own. So. Not everyone listening to this podcast is going to be super familiar with the canning process, how it works, and what the differences will be. Uh, so, can you explain how this change will well, potentially? Well, there because I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Maybe we got to flag Brett. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, we, I mean, we know what we hope it does. I, I think we both know about the same amount. We just started using it this week, so I, I walked um, in today. Obviously, I saw you guys messing around with yeah. labels back there. That's what you're doing. Um, do you have an idea of how this transition, how this change will? potentially affect your turnaround times, your output volume with the cans, and just like the overall impact it may have on your business moving forward? Well, the idea is that we will be able to put more things in cans because we don't have to contract somebody to do it in like the minimums are like seven barrels or six barrels or something like that. And that, I mean, having a bunch of different beers ready to can at the same time. So when we call them out, we can say, okay, do five barrels of this beer, five barrels of that beer and five barrels of this beer. And then that should last us for three months. You know, that doesn't work very well for the hoppier stuff because it could start to fade. So we want to try to keep things fresher in our cooler. So if we only want to do a single or two barrels of beer into cans, we can do that. We can put our, we're going to transition away from our bomber bo bomber bottles for uh, barrel aged releases and do 12 ounce cans, like two packs of 12 ounces which is a couple more ounces of beer for the same price. So everybody should be happy about that. And then um, we'll just be able to throw something out. Like we just have a canning day scheduled and what's available and ready to go now. Okay, we're gonna do three barrels of Crank It Dank. 
We're going to do two barrels of Check Your Head Pills, and, you know, we'll do some barrel-aged beer, and we'll just fire it up, and You're then our will be full. So ba- it'll be a good variance. You know, it won't be the same stuff coming out all the time and, and the one thing you know for sure you know is like now you're in control it's on, it's yeah. on your guy's yeah. schedule as right. opposed to like hey can you come out here in two weeks and we got to do this much like you said with the minimum right. and then we hope it lasts this long maybe it does maybe it doesn't like it's now 100 percent up to you guys which is cool right right and the only headache right now well there's a lot of headaches we've been working through the the machine which it seemed to be working pretty well so far, just, you know, getting the hang of it. But it's like getting all the labels and getting, like, that's my end, so I know that's more of my headache. So it's like getting everything ready. Okay, we're going to do this next week. Can we have labels? No, it's going to take at least, like, five or six days. We've got to do a proof, and we got to do this. And okay. Ah, oh, okay. All right. Well, okay. Here's a schedule of, like, months in advance, and then we'll get some of those labels, and then that beer won't be ready. Or some something just scheduling is a nightmare. So, yeah, eh, it's always anything, but whatever. I see Brett is now done if we want to call him over and refill our beers. We could we could do that. Brett, you look bored. Don't be shy. I'll step off mic and, and get us refills. Do you want to try something else? Uh yeah. You I mean, try uh, a sour? Did, you want to go did some get tapped? Uh, did some get tapped? I I was here two weekends ago. Uh what anything that's been tapped since then I guess that I wouldn't have tried. Uh have you had the well that was probably the weekend we did the cucumber watermelon colch. Have you had that? I have not had interesting. that. Interesting. Light summary. We my got the doors open. It's a good warm weather drinker. My friend uh like Facebooked out a, a picture of hers out on the, the picnic bench yeah. yesterday. I was like, You're a day too soon. I'm gonna be there tomorrow. So we we can do that. Yeah. Yeah, let's and go with that. And we're about to release the the uh, current, the Blanc, which is our Berliner Weiss with currants in it. It's not on tap yet, but for you, we could probably make it happen. Oh, oh, it, oh well, look at that. Brett, it, Brett's it getting it done. available to purchase on tap? No. It's on secret tap, okay. But it's available to slide to a podcast host if he wants to taste. Right, so Wonderful. I'll get you a couple of tastes and uh, turn it over to Brett here. Fantastic. For For all the latest news and events, visit our page at twitter.com slash awdpod. And once you're there, make sure you never miss a tweet. Follow our Twitter handle at awdpod. Hey everybody, Pooch popping in really quick once again just to remind you, in case you missed the disclaimer at the opening of the program, this is a two-part episode. So you just finished listening to episode 2A. There is a continuation uh, appropriately titled episode 2B. So you can go ahead and hop back on SoundCloud, iTunes, or any of our other podcast directories, and from there, you can stream and or download the conclusion of Episode 2. We've still got a lot more to go. There's our Pints Up, Pints Down segment, 99 Bottles. Uh, We'll continue our conversation with our special guest sit-in, Tony Martino. And of course, we have Part 2 of Here's to You our featured interview with Grant and Brett from Imperial Oak Brewing. Brett's about to tag in and give us his two cents, so you don't want to miss that. Thank you for listening to 2A. Please continue on and resume with 2B, and we'll see you on the flip side. Cheers.